Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. If there's anything that's been said so far, and you're sitting there thinking, I don't quite, I, I recognise all the words that are being said, but I don't actually know what they mean when put together in that order. Then, at the end of the, the service, there'll be some people up the front, myself included, and we'd be happy to talk with you, we'd be happy to pray with you, we'd be happy to try and answer questions from you. So, if there's anything that anyone doesn't get, or doesn't understand, or doesn't quite know, then there's, there's no such thing as a silly question. just want to encourage you. So Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father, that we're here in your house. Thank you, Father, that you are here. And Lord, you want a relationship with us. Thank you, Father, for all that's been shared, all that's been done. And I thank you, Father, that as we look into your word now, you will help us to be open and to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, band. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone. I just want to thank everyone who's done anything this morning, however big, however small, made coffee, brought croissants, welcomed people in, stuck the flags outside, whatever. Thank you very, very much. But now it's time to hand over to John. So we're going to look into God's Word um, Obviously, John is a man of great wisdom and great integrity. Come on, John. Don't be embarrassed. Um, but at the end of the day, God is here to bring, or John is here, to bring God's word. So I just want to pray for John. Father God, I just pray for John now. I thank you, Lord, that <coughs> his coffee's better I thank you, Father, that he has listened to you, he has heard from you, he has distilled everything from you, and this is now a word from you. Lord, help us to listen, and Lord, most of all, help us to put into action what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Sorry, I just had a drink and it went down the wrong way, so uh, there we go. Um, quite some time ago, I was invited to go to Zimbabwe and uh, in Africa and uh, uh, by a, a church in London. Uh, and um, we went, and we went out to try and encourage some uh, churches out there. And uh, we were there, and one Wednesday morning, uh, we went out, and uh, we were invited to go right over near Mozambique, where the, uh, the, it was a very rural countryside, and, and a lot of people there were still worshipping and, and uh, nature and, and animism. And uh, they were just beginning to become Christians, and it was sort of at the, uh, at the interface of the two. <coughs> And the uh, archdeacon who was there, he said, come on. And uh, so we came to this great big sort of building that they build of corrugated iron, you know, that's what they do out there. And, and uh, it was quite new. 
And there must have been, I don't know, thousands of people there. Well, 1,500 or so. And <clears throat> it was where people were turning from their animism and turning to Jesus Christ. And outside, and in this, <coughs> this uh, building, uh, they had a great big sheet. And in this sheet, there were lots of sort of little idols and um, potions. And there were little figures uh, of that uh, witch doctors had made and uh, with arrows through them. Uh, really nasty things, and uh, uh, people had made because they they wanted to, to, to get back at people and to and to hate people, and they had this great big uh, sheet, and then uh, <coughs> the service they burnt it all, and then uh, everybody went into the <coughs> building, and. Uh, Several people, uh, because they were becoming Christians and asking Jesus, they, they had, like we did this morning, communion. And they knelt down, <coughs> and the archdeacon, who was sort of in, he's a lovely man, he was in charge, and he walked along, and uh, he was giving communion, and he was giving out. He smelt, and um, as he went along, he, he smelt. And he reckoned he could smell evil spirits in one or two of them that hadn't completely uh, yielded their lives to Jesus. And <coughs> what happened was he would have one or two people to minister to them, and, and they would still be shrieking, and they'd be shaking, and, uh, but over time, uh, they settled down and had the Holy Spirit just uh, bring peace into their lives. Now, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. And it blew my mind. Why does that happen there? And do we have evil spirits in this land? Or, or what happens? It all seems very um, passive over here. <coughs> I don't know what you would react to that. How would you feel when you saw that? It all seemed very true. You see, if we believe in God then we must admit to the spirit world, mustn't we? And if there's a good God, then we have to ask, where does the bad come from? And if there are good and bad spirits, how, how, do, we, how do we distinguish? How do we sort out? Especially if we suspect a bad spirit is masquerading as a good spirit. And it all gets quite involved. Well, <clears throat> we've come to address that this morning. Uh, over the centuries, people, uh, knowledgeable people, say you can categorize largely spiritual forces into the three areas, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so we just want to, I think that's really helpful because I'd like to look at that in that. First of all, the, the world where do we see spiritual world forces in the world? Well, we see them in materialism. People these days are just chasing stuff. And that seems to grab hold of people. All of us, in a way. Not just materialism. There's corporate greed, where you see huge companies taking all the resources of the world for themselves to make a profit. Also, there's humanism, 
<coughs> which is another force. Everything is for us humans, and we, it's all for us. And then we see aggression and war, huge great forces across our world. <coughs> but they're very destructive. They produce inequality, they produce famine. They devastate our nature and our planet. So do you see that there are huge forces in our world? <coughs> Not only that, um, out there, but there's also forces within us. Our bodies are good. God made them. And he made them for us to work and exercise. He made us to relate to one another. And he made us to eat and all these good things. They're good desires. <coughs> but our good desires can become warped. And so instead of they get exercise and work, people get incredibly busy. And they chase about and they get very stressed about things. And so it moves to an extreme. Others who, we all have loving relationships. But then we get irritable. And we get angry with people. And we... Uh, and it changes, and we kind of feel that force in us sometimes when we're, uh, we're provoked. I hope you do. <laughs> um, and then, <coughs> you, well, there's some really good food this morning at the cafe. And, uh, and that's great. I, I enjoy food. But you would think it very strange if I went uh, and pushed everybody back and said, you know, you stand go back, I'm going to be first. And because you'd think that I was greedy. And so... You know, we have forces that push us in one direction or another. And it's all very sneaky as well because it goes the other way. It's not just going in that direction, but also in the other direction that, um, <clears throat> that we can become, instead of busy, we become idle. I remember when I was a vicar, I, <laughs> I phoned somebody up and uh, I said, uh, can I come and see you? Oh, yes, they said, um, do come and uh, I would like to, like to see you. So I went round and I, I knocked on the door and um, I knew they were in because, you know, I'd just spoken to them. And uh, I knocked and nobody came and I knocked again and nothing, nobody came. So I, I went home and rang them up and they said, oh, well, I couldn't get out of bed to come and, I, come and answer the door. They were just, that was their life. They just couldn't do anything. And so <coughs> instead of angry... We can go the other way. Sometimes people are just cold and indifferent. And they're forces that push them like that in their life, in their flesh. And instead of greed, what happens? Some people eat less and less and starve themselves. And I don't know about you, but everyone here, I'm sure, has some sort of grip that pulls them in different directions. And then it becomes really insidious because each one of these can become addictive. And they can move off into really quite nasty areas. And so for some, work just consumes them and that's all they can think about. Others, their relationships become aggressive and they fight with their neighbours and, and, and it's all, you know... Um, and so it continues. And it's traps for people. 
And I could talk of other things, not just those three. A desire for things. Sex, for example. Again, people get lustful. Pornography. It's insidious. And it's addictive. And we all know, don't we, how strong this is in our lives. If we really admit it. We know in ourselves, and we're all different. Each one of us has a different battle to go. And it's strong. And we have to discern what's true for us and where we need to fight against these things. So that's, and that's the flesh. And then the devil, the devil himself. Demonic spirits. When I was a vicar, I uh, used to have phone calls from people who would phone me up and say, um, there's an evil spirit, I'm sure, in my house because the doors keep banging and windows open and my little daughter sees visions of people from the past in, in the house. And so I would go and uh, we would pray around the house and put the cross on the doors and the windows and pray over it. And they would bring peace into the house there. And I don't know about you, but many of us, I'm sure, know of people around who they get into the dark web, they get into the occult, and they get into mediums. And it's scary stuff. So, how do you and I live in a world that's like this? Where we see a spiritual battle across the world, in our own lives, and the devil himself. We can all say, well, it's all too scary. I don't want to know. I, it's really nasty stuff. And I, I, but that's not how we should live. We need to face up to these things. And the Apostle, Paul, uh, Apostle John, he says this. He says, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits and see whether they're from God. Whether they're from God. And, you know, as you begin to just test what's right and what's wrong, then you come to wonderful discovery that there is one spirit who's for you, who loves you, and is the absolute best. And you need to know him so that you can distinguish and test. And of course, that's the Holy Spirit. When we become Christians and Jesus comes into our life, God gives us his Holy Spirit. And it's lovely to have, uh, it's been going on this morning, hasn't it? We've kept on, this is, uh, and, uh, and Andrew's already preached my talk for me this morning, really. Because <coughs> when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he gives us love and joy and peace and goodness and gentleness and all the things that we need. And so my message to you really this morning is, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, ask him to help you. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you when you get across into all these things. Now, when Richard <coughs> asked me to speak on this, I thought, oh, goodness. He wants me to talk about distinguishing spirits and mediums and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, well, perhaps I ought to. And perhaps I ought to look at some of these horrid things. And so I rang up, no, I didn't ring up. <laughs> I, I emailed some friends in, in Pakistan and, and Africa that I have who, who are often coping with these things. And I thought, well, you know, and ask them and, and, and see how it should be. But then I just felt God was saying to me, don't, 
don't muck, spend all your time sort of stirring muck and mire around. Talk to people about the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit. Because how, do you tell, how can you tell a fake £10 note? Well, people who know about these things say, you need to know what a real £10 note, and keep on using that £10 note, and then when a fake one comes up, it's obvious. And so the best way to be conversant with all this other stuff is to be conversant with the Holy Spirit. And so again, you have the Holy Spirit, ask him to help you. Because Jesus told us, didn't he, that the Holy Spirit will help us. He said, the Spirit will show you what's true, and he will come and guide you into the full truth. And so, every day we need to invite the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. And he comes in and gives us understanding and truth. And we know in our knower, and we can discern into whether things are right or wrong. So just going back into quickly into the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, when, uh, <coughs> how, how do we know when we're faced with a battle with the world whether what's going on? Well, Paul, in his, his, uh, he says to us, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things that are given to us from God. And so in this area, again, we have the Holy Spirit to help us. I, um, I watched a TV debate, I don't know if anybody saw it a, a few weeks ago, between some secular humanists and a couple of Christian MPs. And they were discussing assisted suicide. Assisted suicide. And the secular humanists were saying, people need to, uh, they need the right to decide whether you should assist a person to die. And uh, that's, that's what, the, the, we, you know, we have a human right to do that. And the Christian MPs were, they were saying, yes, there is that, but there was also the other side, the sanctity of life. And both of these need to be there. And they say, well, yes, that's, that, that's fair enough, but people need to decide for themselves. And, and, and there was a debate going on. And it's a huge, huge area. Not only in that, there's abortion. Again, is it the sanctity of life? Or just is it the rights of the individual? Huge things. And it goes on into mental disorders, people with mental disorders. Do you just decide? Or is there a sanctity? Please do pray for Christian MPs especially, because it's a tough world out there um, with people, especially as England becomes more and more secular. And then in our flesh, in our own lives, how do we work out what's going on? Because we're all very well aware, aren't we, that we all face temptations. Temptations of our flesh. Paul, no, Peter. Peter says, Beloved, 
I beseech you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. There's a war going on in your own lives. I don't know. We have to admit it. In each one of us, there's a war going on. And wars are nasty things. Expect a war. What do you do? You have the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you. Use your battle equipment. How did Jesus face? I hope you. Well, he used verses, didn't he? I don't know if I hope you've around. I hope you can find there's a verse, a little white card I put onto most people's. Uh, I hope there's enough. Uh, if you haven't got one, um, Jean, I don't know if you put your hand up, but uh, there should be some around. But if you haven't got one, then please um, find it. Because there's a couple of verses here that uh, I've always found incredibly helpful. <clears throat> The, on the shiny side, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Now, crucifixion isn't a nice thing to do. It's horrid. It's hard. And sometimes we just need to say no to ourselves. It'd be easy just to... You have a little morsel of gossip and you think, oh, I ought to pass that on. I'd really like to do that because that would really you know, be nice and I'd I feel good if I, I had a look. But it says, no, you just need to crucify yourself on that. And other areas we think of our flesh, we need to say, no, no. On the other side of your, do not love the world or the things in the world. The love of the Father is not in those who love the world. For all that's in the world, the desire of flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. And the world is passing away. You're not saying don't love the world. I mean, it's a wonderful world, flowers and creation, and that's good. But it's the things that, the desires and the things that get in because that distracts us from the love of our Lord Jesus. And the world is just going to be going. And we need to learn some of these verses. I learned these 50 years ago. And I've used them probably every week. So, you know, have some of these verses and try and learn some, because they'll help you. Jesus learned verses and used them. These are verses that I don't know. I have a war in my life. If you have a war, I need help. And so, get all the help you can. So, the last thing I just want to say about facing the, war, the, the, the battle with the devil. I don't know, but in the West, um, we... we we don't see sort of demons running around. At least I don't. I don't know if you do. Um, because I think, actually, the devil's got most of us through materialism and other things like that. You know, he doesn't need to have demons running around. Perhaps in Africa it works for them, but I don't know. But if you ever do meet real evil, and some of us do occasionally, 
then grant it that when we pray and pray. Because it says, doesn't it, that when we pray in the name of Jesus, then we have the authority of Jesus who has defeated the devil and we don't need to worry. So I believe there is a general responsibility for all of us to try and discern and test the spirits around us. And the Holy Spirit promises to help us in that situation to have wise discernment. However, there are some cases that are just really complicated and uh, complex. And the devil is a master of deceit. And to some, some people who are Christians, he gives a special gift of discerning spirits. Um, A wise uh, preacher from the last century said this, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's It's the... knowing the difference between right and almost right. That's the issue, really. Um, The Apostle Paul, um, he was going around with uh, Dr. Luke, who who wrote the the book of Acts, and uh, they were at a place called Philippi. And uh, they were trying to help people to become Christians. And uh, there was a girl who kept following them around, who everybody knew was the, the local uh, uh, fortune teller. And she kept following um, Luke and, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Luke and, and, and Paul. And she kept shouting, these are the servants of the most high God and they're telling you how to get saved, how to turn your life around. Now, that was a difficult thing. That was a predicament for Paul because what, what she was saying was quite right. But it was coming from a dubious source. And it was messing up what he was trying to do. And so he discerned that that was a spirit of falsehood and wrong. And so he commanded that spirit to leave, and it did. And we have that story in the Bible to help us on that. I don't know, in our small groups, and our life groups, um, we've been having, uh, I don't know, did, did, did various people do your gifts of the Spirit this week? Did anybody have the gift of discernment? I know a couple of people at least who did. And uh, uh, gift of discernment. How does that look I- I- in our church? Well, I think actually... Andrew is a person who has a sort of a gift of discernment. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I talk to Andrew, he, is all, he often talks about how the sort of Christian outlook is and how you should think Christianly and, and then how the world looks and, and the butting up of the two. And, and that's often how a person who has a gift of that speaks. So if you are a member of fields and are being given a gift of discernment, how do you help you? How do you help the church? Well, please don't act like a policeman and go, you, you are wrong. Don't do that. No, 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 no. That's not how the gift of discernment is done. <laughs> but when you are perhaps on the ministry team and somebody comes up and uh, 
you, you pray for them and you have a discernment of, of you know, perhaps they're, they're moving into something that's not right. And, and you, you help them in that difficult thing, help them to set free. I was listening uh, last week to a man who was on a, a ministry team down in Kent and uh, he saw a man coming up for ministry and he saw a sort of, over the man's life, the word adultery. And he thought, goodness, what on earth am I going to do? Uh, and as he came up um, and sat down, he kind of heard God say to him, purity, speak purity into the man's life. And so he prayed and prayed for faithfulness and purity and blessed are the pure in heart. And as he, got, he left... And two weeks later, the man phoned up, this chap, and he said, can I come and see you? And he confessed to his adultery. And he, over the next couple of years, he sorted the mess out. And it just, But the man was saying, if I had said to him, you bad, bad person, don't, you know, you're awful, you know, he would never have probably come. So, when you have a gift of discernment and when you pray for people, it's the Holy Spirit who convicts people in their lives, not us. We just pray good and love and kindness into people's lives because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So, what should we do from today's talk? Every one of us is in a spiritual battle. Every one of us but we're not alone. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Ask him to help you. We need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but every day I just open my arms and just say, Holy Spirit, come. And the days that I do that, he helps me. And other days, it doesn't work so well. So perhaps, as we're in school, can I give you a little bit of homework? <laughs> Each day this week, would you do this for me? Yeah. Just take four minutes and just pray. Holy Spirit, please come and help me. And he will. And then perhaps take one of these verses and either learn it or think about it so that it can help you. So he can help, the Holy Spirit can help you through these things. Yeah? Can I pray for you as uh, we finish our service? Would you like to stand so we can stand in the presence of God? Lord Jesus, you've given each one of us the Holy Spirit to help us in our lifetime battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Lord, it's tough. Each one of us has their own personal battle. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would 
just come upon each person here. You would help them in their own passions, helpful, and their desires. We don't want to go off into things that are not helpful. Thank you, Jesus, for our passions and desires because it makes life alive to us, but not when it's under our own control and not out of control. Holy Spirit, help. Help us all. And at this point in the service, we usually say, if you'd like help, then for anything that's true, then we like to invite people to come forward. So if you feel that desires of the world, for things, for money, for relationships have kind of overtaken you and there's a kind of a cloud between you and God, then do come forward for prayer. As I was thinking and praying particularly, I, I, I kind of feel this bit like me sometimes. I just think I'm not going to go forward. I, I, I'll do it on my own, thank you. And uh, I just feel there's one or two people who, who don't come forward very often, but, and they kind of, mm-mm, I'm English and I'm going, to, I'm going to do it on my own. You can't. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. We can't do this on our own. And there may be even one or two people who are leaders of groups, life groups and things. So as we finish this morning, I'd like to ask the uh, people who are um, praying for people, ministry people, just come forward and anybody else who just wants the Holy Spirit to help them in all that they're going through this morning. Perhaps somebody here for the first time and you've never actually asked the Holy Spirit to help you at all. And you can ask Jesus to give you the Holy Spirit this morning. He'd love to do that. Because you need him in your life too. So if anybody would like prayer, then do come. As people were praying this morning, there was uh, somebody who had a picture of a waterfall and wanting just to refresh people. Again, if that's you, then that would be good. Somebody else had uh, a feeling that somebody may may be here who has a, a problem with balance and their right ear particularly is a problem. If that's you, then do come forward for prayer. And I don't know if the word Grinwald means anything to somebody here this morning. Sometimes people give words and that was a word that somebody had. So let's close now. And thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk on this week. 
with his presence in our lives, knowing your goodness in your name. Amen.